You're listening to The Whiskey Philosopher with Jeff Cooper on the Ignotainment Media Network. Undistilled thoughts, blended opinions on the rocks. Please listen responsibly. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to episode six of The Whiskey Philosopher. Uh, both Chris and I are trying to rebound from the past few rough episodes. You have our apologies, and we're hoping this one can get us out of the funk. You know, each and each, each, each and each, Jesus Christ, maybe we're not out of the funk, Chris. Uh, each episode, we get more and more subscribers and more and more downloads. And again, thank you to you all. I say it every time, but I really appreciate it. Um, thanks for those that are subscribing. If you haven't subscribed yet, just pause this for one moment. Go back out, hit the subscribe button, come on back in. Uh, please rate the show and leave comments uh, so that Apple knows that that uh, that we are loved and they love us back. Um, and if you want to find us outside of iTunes, uh, you can go to our website, which is thewhiskeyphilosopher.com. You can go. You can email me at jeff at thewhiskeyphilosopher.com. Find us on Twitter, Whiskey Philosopher, Facebook, Whiskey Philosopher. This isn't hard to figure out. It's a trend. Um, you can download us on the iTunes store, as I said earlier, or if you are an Android user, download Stitcher and go find us um, via that. On this podcast, as you all know, I have a couple of goals. The first is to taste a good whiskey or a bourbon each week and talk about interesting things uh, that, that, are, that are hopefully interesting to you as well, and they're worth the one hour that you give for it. The whiskey that we are going to taste today is Jefferson Reserve Whiskey. Um, I love this whiskey um, because I tasted it before we started here, and I'll give you the, the tasting results as we get going. Um, but it's very old, straight bourbon whiskey. I love that. It's kind of ballsy. There's no no year on it, not age, seven years. It's just very old. Um, so anyway, we'll get back to that later. The topic today, I think you're all going to really enjoy. The topic today is self-reinvention or career reinvention. And there's an awesome quote by F. Scott Fitzgerald to his kids. And it says, I hope you live a life that you're proud of. And if you're not, I hope you have the courage to start all over again. Now, that's not necessarily true for our guest today because she's very proud of the entire life she lived. However, she had the courage over and over and over again to sort of start anew in both uh, personal and professional life. Um, My guest today is Jessica Herman. I call her Jessie. That's why I, you know, went with Jessica. Jessica Herman. Uh, Jessie is a JDCPA. She's got both a law degree and an accounting degree. Um, she's truthfully one of the smartest people I know. She was one of the fast rising bright young stars at a huge global accounting firm that we'll we'll get to the name if you want later. Um, and then really, her life came crashing down. Uh, she got caught up in the wrong crowd, hanging out at the wrong places. During this time, she met this guy, got caught up in that lifestyle, and ended up marrying a plaintiff's lawyer. So you know where she was hanging out. Happened to be law school. Uh, Before she knew it, she was no longer on the fast track to partner at the global accounting firm. Instead, she was on the fast track to motherhood, which obviously can go hand in hand, but this is transition number one for Jessie. She goes from stud tax lawyer and and global accounting firm uh, partner to mom. Then a few years and three kids later, the plaintiff lawyer husband decides to open up his own law firm and wham, transition number two is upon Jesse. This time from full-time mom 
two, law firm co-founder, business starter-upper. Um, but here's the twist. Founding a firm, setting it up, doing the books, the accounting, the legal work, that was all right in Jesse's core training of being a CPA and a lawyer. But she passes on most of those jobs to other people in the firm, and she takes up the job of chief marketing officer. So with no marketing or creative training at all, she then promptly, as you would expect, puts her firm on the map by, in the, in the opinion of some very respected people, really revolutionizing the way that law firms market themselves today via social media. So lots of people face these transitions in their life every day, um, not sure which way to go, not sure to how, to, how to handle it. Um, and the truth is I wanted to have Jesse on because not many people have handled those transitions as well as she has. And so, Jess, thanks for being here today. Thanks for having me. No worries. Thanks for being had, as they say. <laughs> um, so I have to ask you the, the, the introductory question. Yes. Um, are you today ready, willing, and able to taste the whiskey that we have here and give your honest opinion? I am. Okay. Are you ready, willing, and able for my honest opinion? You know what? I am. I am. Okay. I'm not sure the folks at Jefferson Reserve okay. will be ready for it, but I yeah. certainly am. Okay. So you're deputized. You're ready to go. Okay. Um, so let's go, before we get to the whiskey, we'll get mm-hmm. to that about halfway through. Um, let's go back to the beginning of the end for you. What in God's name were you thinking marrying a plaintiff's lawyer? Yeah, I know. I know. Well, in all fairness, he was not a plaintiff's lawyer when I met him. Okay. Uh, we were people do change. Yeah, he did, and and we both changed. I I think that we both went to law school thinking that we would, uh, you know, serve the common good, public policy. Um, I think there was a point where we both wanted to be environmental lawyers before we knew that that meant actually helping firms get around laws. But um, <laughs> you know, I it was never clear to me that uh, he was going to be a plaintiff's attorney. So. Uh, you know, he was actually doing insurance defense for a while, and uh, I was experimenting with tax law. So neither of us had, like, a clear mission statement about what we were going to do. Yeah. I would say, I'll start there. All right. Well, did your family disown you? Um, you so my, my family has disowned me many times, but mostly <laughs> mostly my hippie family was disowning me because they were pretty sure I was going to go work for the IRS. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, the ultimate he was, enemy. Yeah, he was the least of my problems in those days. They they were actually pretty shocked. They were um, – I mean, I come from a very creative family, and the fact that somebody wanted to go and be both a CPA and a lawyer was a bit of a shock. So the final transition, which, we, which we'll get to at the, at the end of this, was really sort of like coming back home from a from – a, gene pool standpoint. Yeah, I think that's true, actually. It's interesting. Well, let's stick to, let's stick to transition number one, too, or number one first, because this is one that um, I know my wife uh, struggled with, you clearly struggle mm-hmm. with. I think any woman, any professional woman that then has, ch- has, has children struggles with, um, and that is for you from, you know, CPA slash tax lawyer to mom. So there's no, you know, there's no mom equivalent of the tax code. Um, or any of those kind of things, right? So how did you handle that transition? First of all, what made your choice? And and then how did you end up handling that transition going forward? Well, I, I didn't right away make the choice. I mean, I certainly, you know, when I started at uh, Deloitte is the firm and, uh, you know, worked my butt off, loved every minute of it, you know, came in young, came in ready to work really hard, jumped on that ladder that uh, was going to take me to the top. And uh, loved every minute of it and quite honestly did not see, you know, I, I 
thought that I would do the partner track. I thought I would stay on it and uh, met a lot of great people, had a lot of great mentors. And, um, you know, the, the kid thing throws everything. You know, the, the pregnancy was hard with working the crazy hours that were required. But I got through it. And, uh, and by the way, I don't mean to interrupt you, but mm-hmm. in addition, I mean, that's physically hard. Yeah. I mean, on top of, the, you know, the, the pressure of knowing what's to come over the next few months yeah. and everything else, I think that, that tends to get sort of swept under the rug. It's, well, you're going to be okay to deliver, yeah. but, you know, the energy cycles and everything oh. else that goes through it. I mean, quite honestly, I think some of my hardest days were – I remember more with uh, kid number two pregnancy when I was there because – I remember a project that I was working on that was requiring crazy amount of hours. And I physically lost, like, I have nerve damage from sitting all day. And it it was physically ridiculous. Um, That was hard. But, um, you know, I I fought the um, leaving of the firm for a long time. I actually, uh, Delight was great in trying to work with flex time. But, you know, quite, so so I started with like an 80% flex time, and then I went to a 60% flex time, and uh, there's nothing you can do when you are a professional, anything, woman or man, if you are a professional and you're in the service industry, and there are people that need to hear from you, and they need to hear from you during the nine to five hours, and if you've got a kid that needs you, <laughs> you know, it just doesn't mesh. Well, and I think today, too, it, it's it's even extended beyond that. It's beyond the 9 to oh, 5. If, yeah, for if, sure. If you have a client and that client calls you at 9 o'clock at night, they don't care that you have kids. They don't care. They want their answer. They yeah. want, you know, whatever problem that they are currently, whether it's sitting in their office or with phones and everything, they're sitting in their home, but they want yeah. an answer now. Absolutely. So it's, it's even that much more difficult. So as you're going through this process, the, the easy um, – you know the the reason to to go to full time uh, to you know stay at home mom uh, work as opposed to in an office work is, is it's obviously easy. It's my kids. Okay, yeah, it's my kids. I'm going to go do that. And that's what I want to mm-hmm. do. And a lot of people you you hear a lot of people speak in platitudes about uh, you know during that transition of you know it, my kids are so amazing and you know it's so rewarding to be a mom and all of those things generally you know. Our kids all have good days and right, bad days, but right. generally are true, right? Overall is, is certainly true. But in reality, it's so much more difficult. And the urge to go out and do something different than, you know, than stay at home or run kids to practice or whatever is it's got to be such a strong urge. What, what were the biggest things during that period that didn't help? Like what were the hardest pieces of, of that transition in the in the early days, the transition when I was still trying to work the flex time situation. No, right or after, when I, right after you, oh, okay. you, when you, when you decided that you're that you're done with work mm-hmm. at, at an office and you're going to work solely in the home. What were the hardest? What was the yeah. hardest part of those early days? Just not leaving. Yeah. I mean, the hardest parts, quite honestly, was missing adult conversations. Uh, it, it wasn't. As it turns out, you know, I, I loved my work, but it wasn't the work I missed. It was the human contact. It was the um, non-nursery rhyme conversation. It wasn't (laughs) – I didn't want to have more conversations about poopy diapers. And, you know, I wanted to have a stupid lunchtime conversation about whatever, politics, goofy books we were reading, whatever. It it was – that that was the hardest thing, or even work. I assume. Work, I mean, yeah. work, work can be so distracting in, yeah. in so many good ways. Yeah. Um, no, I agree. I, I can see that 
and, and I can see how that would be really, really hard because most people, when they talk about their workplace, don't talk about the actual sheet of paper in front of them. Right. They talk about the person sitting next to them in, yeah. you know, in the next cubicle or the next office or you know, yeah. whatever it might be. Or going to uh, grab coffee with them. Like we always had this thing where we would go and have coffee at 10 o'clock because you know, we've been there for a while and things drive you a little crazy. So we'd go to grab coffee and there was about three or four of us that would go pretty consistently together and it was just a walk down the hall really but god i miss that yeah like just the stupid conversations we had in that 10 minute period so particularly in those early days what did you do for a break how did you how did you break that monotony at all i mean i don't want to say monotony but how did you break that you know the how did you replace that 10 o'clock coffee break i didn't quite honestly i like I i think that is the hardest part is that there really are not many breaks you can you can attempt to build in play groups you can attempt to you you get connected to other women and i met some really great women during those days but there are some days where where there's just no breaks and i think that's hard um on the person that's staying home but i think that's also hard on the person that comes home because by the time tour would come in i'd be like talking like crazy like just talk to me about anything anything that isn't what's going on here right and i mean that's exhausting absolutely you know he's just worked crazy hours and then he comes home and he wants to relax and i just want to talk <laughs> right exactly well that's so that's going to be that was going to be my next question during those and I'm, and I'm assuming during those times now that you look back at them you see a lot of things that you feel like you failed at or you could have done better for folks that are currently either trying to make that decision or going through that what was the biggest thing that you think you, you know, in retrospect, obviously, because mm-hmm. those days are brutal, that you could have done better? And what advice would you give to those folks today to say, you know, whether it's, to your point, take more breaks, go out and do something yeah. if you can or whatever it might be? Um, I think that getting connected early with a good group of people, women, or stay-at-home dads for that matter. I actually did have a few stay-at-home dad friends. Um, getting connected early with people that are like-minded it's not easy to find them, but when you do, hold on to them because they're valuable. I mean, they they'll get you through some goofy days. And and I and I guess that follows just to make them a priority, like yeah. you make anything else a priority yeah. in your day. Yeah. And you said, um, did I do a good job of it? No. <laughs> I mean, I think that in hindsight, I didn't spend near enough time taking breaks. Like I should have taken advantage of things like the YMCA that had daycare. Like, I should have done that more. I should have gone and worked out and done stuff like that instead of stayed home and made dinner or whatever it is I was doing I think at that the, time. Isn't the trouble that anytime you go through a big transition like that, the first thing to go is you? Yeah. You give yourself to sort of to everything else, whether it's your kids, your husband, you know, the rare time that you get to sleep or, you know, whatever mm-hmm. you might you might get to do. And sleep uh, goes pretty quickly, too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, believe me. Yeah. Sleep's gone, um, but yeah, health. Health is definitely something that um, goes pretty quickly. I mean, it it's something that I was always aware of, and I tried to do things as silly as just be that mom with the double stroller walking around the block. But, you know, the the real, like, joining in on a yoga class, well, I didn't do that. You know, I, yeah. I was miserable at that. I wish I had. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, it's, it's again, <laughs> going back to sort of it's the old platitude. You, you hear people say all the time, Take time for you. Take yeah. time for you. But it's true. How? <laughs> yeah, exactly. When? Yeah. yeah how? Right. But I think if you make that a priority and you mm-hmm. make the other things a priority, those types of, you know, that situation is maybe gets a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. It, 
look, I, it's not easy. It can't be easy. It's one of the most most difficult things mm-hmm. I know from my wife. I know from you mm-hmm. going through it. Yeah. So no, I, I hear you. So for, so let me, that leads into the question for people contemplating doing that for one way, one reason or another. Because this could be for childbirth. This could be just because you can. This could be for retirement. It could be for a lot of different circumstances that you leave the workplace in an office and you go to whether it's a workplace at home or, or whatever you decide you're going to do, why should some people not do it? Oh, gosh. Why should people not do it? I, I will say that for, for women or men, for that matter, that are in intense jobs that are working 60, 70, you know, sometimes 80 hours a week, um, it's a hard thing to contemplate not having that organized work schedule and sometimes I've saw or I I actually did this quite a bit trying to take that time and invest it in kids and house the way I was doing at work and you know that kind of messes with the kid too so you know you you got to be able to step back from that intense work mode and to actually live in the moment mm-hmm. don't overplan don't overschedule don't don't do what you were doing at work and take it home. So I would say that's a pitfall of leaving the workforce and bringing it with you. It's a totally different job, and it's treated differently. And I would say nobody really tells you that. I would say that that is what I would tell them. It's going to be different, and you are going to love it in hindsight. Mm-hmm. It's going to be hard. Um, you'll be glad you did it for the most part. I think most people that have done it are happy that they did it. Um, but it's different. It's not taking that work ethic and applying it to children because they don't fall into that mode. Right. They don't get it. It's like here a, we have our schedule here, and it's now nap time is done, and we are moving on. Uh, yeah, I don't think so. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't exactly. work that way. Yeah, they're, they're not on a 9 to 5 or on no. any, any other schedule. On any schedule. Else. So during that time, what – sort of tools did you use? And I mean that in sort of the loosest way. So what books did you read that, that may have helped you get through that? Any apps or, I mean, Gosh, anything? back then, I know. mean, during during that time, uh, we didn't really have apps. I wish we had because now I'm <laughs> completely aware of all sorts of really awesome things that I would have done. Right. Um, or, geez, I probably would have created them. I mean, I, I, I think that there's a much easier way of doing it than what we did. Um, we're getting old, Jess, by the yeah, way. You, you know, I know. You know we're you know, aged. You know when you, we are, we're aged. We're very old. <laughs> we're like very Jefferson, old. Like I'm going with that. That's exactly. my new answer. I'm, I'm very old. <laughs> exactly. But you know when you start a question off, but back in my day, back we didn't have day. apps. <laughs> yeah, seriously. That's so sad. Scratch that. That's really pathetic. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, but no, so what What did, you know, were there were there any guides? I any used the fax machine <laughs> and I used the... <laughs> My kids will be like, you use what? What? You call 411? What's that? (laughs) What is that? Exactly. (laughs) Um, Tools. I mean, I I used friends. I just used friends. My friends are tools, too. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, they are. I know them. (laughs) Um, No, I I, tool-wise, I think that a good (laughs) library membership and a gym membership and Hopefully you have access to some family right. and definitely friends and just rely on them. And Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> Netflix. No, but quite honestly, I, I just didn't watch much TV. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't. And I, 
I wish I could tell you that I read some really fascinating books, but really I I was like panic reading over why my kid was doing goofy stuff. It wasn't interesting at all, and it made me even more nervous. And thank God we didn't have apps because I probably would have figured out they had some syndrome or something, (laughs) and I would have been in a corner crying more than I already was. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. All right, so before we go to to transition number two, let's do your favorite part of this podcast. Let's taste. Let's taste the whiskey. Okay. Um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna taste it before I taste it because I've already tasted it. Uh, I'm gonna tell you that this whiskey is so good uh, that it reminds me of the quote by the British comedian Tommy Cooper, who said, "I'm on a whiskey diet. I've lost three days already." <laughs> yeah. Thanks. I appreciate you laughing. That's a good one. Yeah. So Was anyway, we'll taste. It? Exactly, that's right. <laughs> so we're gonna taste the uh, the Jefferson's Reserve, Ooh. very old, very small batch, single. Straight bourbon whiskey. Sorry. My sight's already going. Cheers. Smooth. Really? Really smooth. You say smooth. You're not a huge, you're not a huge whiskey 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 gal. No, I like it. Um, It's really, really good. It's got, it's heavy, heavy vanilla, caramel, little burnt marshmallow stuff. It's really, really good. It really is. Yeah. So. I like it. I do. What's interesting about this is. Jefferson's Reserve, for, for those of you whiskey lovers out there, just Google Jefferson's Whiskey or Jefferson's Bourbon, um, and you can follow them, by the way, on Twitter at, at Jeff's Bourbon. Um, and they've got a very, very cool thing. They've got a little R&D department. They do some crazy stuff. One of the hottest whiskeys in the whole whiskey scene right now is, uh, and this info comes, uh, comes courtesy of producer Chris, is a whiskey called Jefferson's Ocean which is whiskey they're aging on a ship at sea. So for four years, they put these, you know, they put the whiskey in the barrels, put it on a ship, and I'm assuming the combination of the, you know, the motion the of the ocean and yeah. the, the salt water and the heat and everything else it eventually does it. The, supposedly, that whiskey is really amazing. So is that if, is that hard to get the Jefferson's Ocean? I think it is hard to get. I was trying to find some for this mm-hmm. and I couldn't find any, some, but or couldn't find any. But I did find the Jefferson's Reserve, which if it's anything like yeah, this, this it's is fantastic. really good. This yeah. is really good. It's really really good. So Jefferson's Reserve, very old, very small batch, straight bourbon whiskey. Very uh, old. Yes. Even Je- <laughs> even Jesse enjoyed it. So I do. You, I yeah, really like it. Everybody's going to love it. Yeah. So okay. So let's go. Let's go to uh, transition two. Two. So now you're at home. Uh, you've been working from home for six years? Yeah, seven about years? six or seven years, yeah. Your kids are getting to insane. where... Yeah, yeah, yes, <laughs> just like... Insane. Yeah, exactly. I can vouch yes. for, vouch for yes. both of our uh, <laughs> groups of kids. They're, they're definitely there. Yes. Um, your, your youngest is 10, and uh, actually your youngest no, is yeah. probably nine, eight yeah, or yeah. nine at that time. Yeah. And... You decide. Well, you don't really decide. I guess you and you and your husband Tor mm-hmm. decide yep. that he's going to form his own firm. You're going to jump back in, and you decide. <laughs> so, so like you coming in as the CFO or you coming in as the COO mm-hmm. or whatever it might be makes a huge amount of sense given the the tax lawyer background and everything else. You decide you're going to come in as the marketing director. Mm-hmm. Explain that one. Well. Uh, <laughs> I think a lot of things collided at the same time. First of all, we had a fabulous, fabulous woman that worked for us in accounting. And, um, I mean, I would trust her with my life, so there was no reason to be putting uh, myself in that role when we had her. Um, 
but besides that, somebody had to do the marketing. And I started looking around at other ways that law firms did it and didn't really love the way they did it. Started talking to other people and uh, decided that I could do maybe as good of a job. Mm-hmm. And uh, like you said, I did have a creative background. And it interests me to maybe do something a little bit different. So um, I just started thinking about that, you know, and, and just the, the other thing about doing like the finance, the financial background and being in charge of all of that was that I was 100% aware of the lack of flex time that it allowed. Mm-hmm. And with a husband and a new firm, I really couldn't. We couldn't afford to have somebody, two of us, putting hundreds of hours in. I mean, we had to. We had to figure out a way to make this law firm work with our family. So I wanted to. I want to do. I want to do uh, a couple things. First of all, in, in addition to talking about the um, the marketing strategy, because I do want to get because it's really interesting to me as a, as a guy in, involved on a day to day basis in an online business or a couple of online businesses. Your marketing strategy, I think, is brilliant, and I really want to get back to it. Well, thank um, you. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. Um, but the and, and then, but before I get to that, I want to talk about working with your husband day to day and mm-hmm. what that means. But before we even get there, why don't you tell us what the law firm is? Sure. Give you know, give the give the the vitals. Okay, we are Tor Herman Law. Herman spelled H O E R M A N. Everybody always gets that wrong. Um, and uh, we are a uh, plaintiff's firm. We do a lot of uh, drug and medical device cases as well as personal injury. Um, and, uh, you know, it, we, we just, we're a firm of about 30 people. We, I think we have about nine lawyers now and um, great staff. We have got the best people working for us. And, you know, that that's important. I mean, that makes my job so much easier because I'm not marketing some, I, I believe completely in them, so it's easy to market. It's right. just, you know, my story is just explaining what they can do for you, and that's easy when they are, they, they do a great job. So yeah, It's the same old story. Great great product equals yeah. equals easy marketing exactly. generally. So but before we get to the marketing thing, let's talk about working with your husband. There, And what I'm particularly interested in here is what everybody talks about, you know, today when, uh, you know, in anything you read about... Uh, about you know your life or the philosophy how you, how you should live or those types of things is this work life balance? Yeah, I actually disagree with it completely because I think there's just one thing called life, and you know part of the time you're doing things that you that you want to do to make money, mm-hmm. which is which is work and you know whatever. So I'm not sure that there is a work life balance. But what I'd love to get is particularly for someone like you who works with the same person they spend all of their off time with as well. I do have some other friends too. Well, yes, yes. <laughs> but yes. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> but you know, the the it, what is is there such a thing as a work life balance or does it all just blur? How do you handle it? No, I totally agree with you. I think it's just completely blurred. And, and in fact, I know it's totally blurred. I mean, some of my uh, favorite days are days that the kids are at the office and we're hanging out there. Um I just and and that's how I was raised too. My parents had a um, printing business, and all of my life I spent hanging out with the two of them working together. So to me, it's kind of normal to have parents working together. Um, so it's it's easy for me. I we do different things, but since we went to law school together, and uh, I, I understand what he does, it actually makes it easier to have conversations. We don't have to have like 
the background about what does that mean, what are you doing. We jump right into it. Um, but although we work at the same firm, we know the same people, we know what's going on, we do very different jobs. So I think if I was doing the same job as him, it would be a little bit more difficult. Um, but it, you know, it just works for us. Yeah. So in, in going, going from, you know, working at home all day to then spending a part of that time in the office. And obviously you, to your point earlier, you've got a flex time job where it's really not flex time. It's flex space. You may be working, but you're working in your car as opposed to sitting in an office. Anytime you do that, something's got to give when you, when you move from a hundred percent at one place to, um, to, uh, you know, working in the office or, or just working on things that are not specifically related to the home. What do you like? What what gave? What you know? Something's got to give for you guys. What you know? In whether it's something around the house, something with the kids, something with your husband. You mean like what gives most of the time? Or yeah, what? exactly. What 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 were you unable to continue doing from a time standpoint that you were able to do before that? No, I I think that. I, I don't think that anything gave. I mean, I think uh, w- we've always worked very hard. And so, um, you know, there there was certainly pre-kid stuff that gave, but that had, I mean, that was like being able to read books and be in, in book groups and like um, Just be, be able to go to bars and hang out and see bands and we love going to festivals. Right. And that stuff gave not because of work, it gave because of kids. Yeah. And, um, you know, quite honestly kind of I'm starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel and that stuff will come back you know regardless of the work the the kids are what kills that absolutely but no. I love them are they going to listen I yeah. love them a lot <laughs> it's so worth it kids are so much better <laughs> They're than the festivals best. festivals suck <laughs> <laughs> whatever you heard ignore it they're horrible <laughs> exactly speaking of your kids when when you decided to go back and and, and you know you, you guys started the firm and then and then you go right into the marketing work and those types mm-hmm. of things. Did you have a conversation with your kids about it, or to them was it just part of normal life? Like, oh, well, this is what happens on a day-to-day basis, and you know, now mom's doing this stuff. <laughs> That's a great question. Actually, um, in hindsight, maybe we should have. <laughs> I think we forgot to tell the kids. <laughs> um, yeah, it was – they were used to um, – I guess they weren't used to it because, quite honestly, I was home with them all the time. I, I guess uh, we probably should have had that conversation. But um, it was a time when all three of them were in school, and my flex time really uh, arrangement was I was working all day when they were in school, and I was there for them, or I am there for them before and after school. And then I fit in work in between games, and I fit in work in the evening, and I work weird times in weird places. So they didn't really even notice I mean, I think they noticed the conversations were different, mm-hmm. um, and they were more details about work. But uh, for them, their lives really didn't change. We have an office that they love going to, um, and they're a part of a lot of our work. They get to go on a lot of trips with us. Um, so I don't think it really changed a lot for them. So it really is. I mean, your business is a full family business. It is. All the way around. And That's there's, fantastic. And there's no... Um, there's no work-life balance, and there's no balance. I mean, there's just right, or it's all balance. One of the maybe, two. Maybe, yeah. yeah, maybe. Yeah, no, that's great. So, given that, uh, what advice would you give to any couple that's thinking about working together, starting a business together, whatever it might be? What's the What's the most important thing that you and Tor and your kids have learned over the last five or so years, putting the business together and working together? I would say own your own space. I think be confident in what you're doing yourself. 
And uh, that's real important. I don't think I could have, like I said before, gone to work with Tor doing the same thing he did. Um, you know, I didn't want to be the trial attorney. Um, I wanted to do something different, and uh, in my talents lie elsewhere. So I would say um, just, you know, it can work as long as you are confident in what you're doing on your own, and you're not just along for the ride. I mean, I legitimately feel like I have a place there, and um, they need me. And uh, they're probably listening going, you know, that's not true. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but I think you have to be very confident in yourself and your work, and then it, it just works out. So it, let's let's go right to that then because it's it's been amazing to me to watch you do this, uh, really. And, and you know, f- for the, the real question is this, how did somebody with – as far as I know, no real formal marketing training, um, certainly no formal web marketing training, yeah. create and put together such an effective marketing campaign that, like I said earlier, people within that business will tell me that, it's, that it really is groundbreaking in terms of how, awesome. how law firms market themselves via social media. How did you do it? Um, I was stubborn. You know, quite honestly, I was stubborn. I, I wasn't going to let somebody else do it for us when I thought they weren't going to do a good enough job. I I think that um, I've always been connected, uh, maybe from a marketing standpoint, but, but not intentionally, um, just because I enjoy watching trends and what people like. And really, marketing is just a reflection of, uh, of the world, quite honestly, and how to reach people and, you know, understand where a person is going to turn when they need something. It, and it's, there's no formula. It's just, for me, understanding when somebody's injured or specifically a drug has harmed them, where are they going to look and what do they want to hear? And so all this other stuff, all these other law firms that were doing things that I found to be quite goofy, personally, as a consumer, I just said, you know, I think I want to do it differently. Mm-hmm. And um, that's just pretty much where I started. And uh, I, I knew in my mind that I couldn't do worse. Right. Which sounds horrible. But it wasn't even lawyers that were doing this. It's really marketing companies <laughs> that uh, that are selling to lawyers, and lawyers are buying off on it. And um, in my mind, it was uh, it was just an it was something that I thought that I could do. I was confident that I would not be that I would just be able to do. Right. Absolutely. Well, you clearly did because I mean, my understanding is that is that for. Uh, for the law firm, it's been going for five years now, five and a half years. Yep. And mm-hmm. you're over the 2,000 case uh, number. Yeah. Um, and so clearly, it's obviously worked very, very well. That's a, a phenomenal number uh, of cases that, that you've been able to bring in. What, again, for people that are interested in online marketing, because mm-hmm. God knows, you know, for, and, you know, if, what I worry about is that on this podcast, there's only like six people listening. And, well, and it's, both of our moms are listening. That's exactly right. So Did I say anything bad about my mom? No, not yet. Not yet. Not okay. yet. We'll okay. get there. Good. But so both of our moms who want to know, uh, who <laughs> exactly. want to learn online marketing. She's a hippie. She thinks that's a compliment. Yeah, that's, exactly. that's good. It's perfect. Um, f- but for real, for the, for the folks that are listening that, that are interested in online marketing, mm-hmm. what tools did you use? What are the most important tools for you? Marketing-wise? Yeah, marketing-wise. Well, um, for me, uh, you know, I am a Apple freak. Everything I own is either app or Apple-based. Um, I work on a Mac. Um, 
I do all of my work portably. So it's either being done on my laptop or it's done on my iPhone or my iPad, all three of which are always in my purse. It's a really heavy purse. Kind of (laughs) annoying. Um, But, you know, I am constantly blogging and curating and I'm uh, doing uh, marketing via all sorts of different, uh, either pay-per-click or via Facebook or all sorts of different stuff. So tools that help me are things that I have a curation software that helps me a lot, that helps me identify um, stuff that I need to be including, um, and it helps me with getting it out to the right markets that I've set up. Um, I use things like Basecamp, which is just a like a tool for organizing people, because a lot of the people that I use that help me don't work with me in my office. There are a lot of people that I have um, over the years collected that that most of them I've never even met personally, but are also online people. And so uh, working with them via Basecamp, which is, um, for me, perfect. Project management. Project management, exactly. Um, And then I would say things like Hootsuite and uh, Buffer are things that help me to be able to get out to many different places. And um, Buffer specifically is good for me because a lot of my work gets done at funky hours, either like 2 a.m. or 5 a.m. or and nobody really wants to hear from me at those times. Right. <laughs> so Buffer allows me to schedule things to go, even though I'm doing the work in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. It goes out. It look, I look like a normal person. It looks like it goes out at 7 or 8 and, right. you know, normal time. So so what? I've, I, I don't know what Buffer is. Explain a little bit what it is. It's just a software that you can perform some work. And it's then an it, app, Jeff. Oh, it's an app. Excuse me. <laughs> no, it's, an it's app. okay. Um, we didn't uh, have apps uh, back uh, in apps. my day. What's an app? <laughs> oh. Um, no, yeah, all it does is it's scheduling. You know, it's it's simple. I wish I'd thought of it. All it does is it, so it takes my um, whatever it is that I've either tweeted or posted to Facebook, and it delays it going out. It okay. schedules it. So I can have things go out. I can tell it to go out every two hours or, you know, and, and it I can tell it. I can set up different channels. So I actually control many different um, community pages on Facebook's uh Twitter pages, like all sorts of different places. And so I've got things set up to go out that make my life easier. All right. So on social media, which is where you've really uh, focused a lot of your work and a lot of your advertising, who, in your opinion, and this can be anything across the board, who are the best follows? Who, who, what, what are some people or some, mm. you know, whatever the hell they are, uh, that, that, you know, groups that that people should follow well, on I follow Twitter. I Whiskey or Philosopher. Whiskey Philosopher's not and too th- bad. That's, that's going to be my favorite. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, that's actually, I, I enjoy so many different, I, I actually really enjoy Twitter. I Facebook for me is um, amusing and, uh, you know, I like it. I like to track my family and stuff um, on Facebook and, um, you know, stock old boyfriends and the typical, right. you know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, but, you know, news-wise, uh, nothing beats Twitter, and I follow a lot of people. I, I actually spend a lot of time following and unfollowing people mm-hmm. <laughs> because I really do appreciate uh, my Twitter stream, and I get a lot of news there. So um, I'm not sure that there's one person. I mean, God is good. I God? like to follow God on yeah, Twitter. God it's a good reminder of what's going on. It's true. Um, but you know, there's, there's so many people. All right. So what's the... Throughout this whole process, you've gone through these different transitions in your life. We're going to get to some random questions here in a, in a few seconds. But throughout this entire process, what's the best advice you've gotten? Best advice. 
about handling this, these transitions, oh. not necessarily, okay, you so know, don't spit in the wind, things like that. Oh, because I was going to go with some of those. Yeah. <laughs> um, and my dad always says, just show up. Yeah. I don't even know what that means, but I think that sounds pretty good, right? I think it's perfect. And just show up. Yeah. No, that's right. Know. I like that. The other thing he always says is, uh, is uh, people fire themselves. I don't know what that means either. But, I mean, you know, these are randomly weird things to live by. Absolutely. No, yeah. it does. It does. We're there, Chris. Um, <laughs> no, uh, advice that I've gotten along the way. Just show up might just be it. That's just okay. fantastic That's because good. I'll tell you, that is, it's 90% of life. Right. Just just show up. Right. I mean, it really is. That's yeah. Don't have I a like plan. It. You know, and, and maybe actually that does describe me because I, I feel like when when we sit here and we talk about, you know, where I've been and what I've done, um, I, there was no plan to do all this. You know, I just right. every single day made the right decision for that day. Yeah. And, um, and sometimes the wrong decisions for that day as well. But in you know now looking back i guess i guess it looks like i planned to do this but i didn't right i just showed <laughs> you up just showed up, right? <laughs> I, just showed up. <laughs> I think that's great yeah. so last question for you um you know as we've all learned via this discussion you you've you've really experienced the heights of the professional world uh at the same time you've raised a family you've had an active social life stalking ex-boyfriends stalking yeah um, stalking you, 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 and you have taken obviously some time out to take care of yourself too which you learned in the first in the first transition the first go around so through all of that and everything that you've experienced today what's your definition of success wow um gosh success to me is being able to do to be a part of my kid's life for as long as I can be, for them not to hate me, and for <laughs> them to think, well, so far, right. so far it's been successful. Um, and uh, to be able to have a job that I am challenged by, that I love, and that doesn't require me to compromise my family life. And that, to me, is success. I, I think that... Um, Early, I would have answered that different. I think success to me was more one of those jumping on the ladder and getting to the top. Um, I think I've redefined success for myself. Um, and it's just being happy on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, that's fantastic. I could not agree with yeah. you anymore. Good. So I want to appre- I, I want to thank you for I coming. I answered that right. That's a great answer. Excellent. It's a great answer. I think I'm going to have some whiskey. Uh, you, you should do it. And, you know, the good news is for this podcast you showed up and it was fantastic yes and that's half the keys no I, I really do appreciate it Jess I mean it was it was great to talk to you uh, thanks for as coming always. on yes as always, always thanks fun. for coming on um, and so folks for you out there uh, please go to the iTunes store or to Stitcher um, and subscribe to the podcast it'll then show up on your on your phone each week or your computer any questions, comments, or complaints, you can leave them in the comments section under each episode on the iTunes store, or you can email us, jeff at thewhiskeyphilosopher.com. Uh, until then, we will talk to you next week. Cheers. Cheers. You're listening to The Whiskey Philosopher with Jeff Cooper on the Ignotainment Media Network. Visit us at www.ignotainment.com. In the nighttime, leave strange memories.